What's up, winners? I'm Sylvia Chagla, and over a decade or even longer, I have been obsessed with everything around people, around how to develop, how to turn ideas into reality, and this is all based on change and transformation, especially in this digital world. I have been learning, studying, and applying. I was one of the youngest HR consultants for an executive and was leading change projects within the biggest telecommunication merger in Europe. And I am today combining and blending Eastern and Western knowledge in order to help you to change the way the world works so we can all have more efficiency, productivity and engagement and actually transform and change successfully. I have been doing this for ages and ages by myself from almost homeless into a successful corporate high flyer and today an excited and passionate entrepreneur supporting leaders and entrepreneurs like you within startups, SMEs and Fortune 500 companies to create and make the difference they actually crave for. So don't expect any conventional HR and kind of those topics around this but of course everything what is combined from speed smart and book smart and many many other things here on this podcast thank you so much for tuning in i am excited to go with you on this journey and win x today so hello hello and welcome to today's interview with sarah elser she is a tech a communication consultant. I think this is the correct uh, description. And I will, of course, before we will dive into the topic, invite you, Sarah, to share shortly about where you are from, what you're doing, and how you're feeling actually today within this global pandemic. Good morning, everybody from my side. Thanks for having me here, Sylvia. Um, Great to see you. <laughs> I think we haven't seen us since one year. Is it exactly one year? Was it the Founder Summit last year? Yes. So, yes, round about one year. Um, I'm sitting here in Mainz. Um, I'm working as freelancer and I'm an entrepreneur as well. So I founded my own editorial media company in 2018. And I'm working, as you mentioned before, uh, as a tech communication consultant. That means that my purpose is I want to help the people to understand what technology brings to our life, uh, which value. And I always say we develop the technology that fast, but we don't take care about uh, the mindset of the people. So the technology is developing and one thing is not developing the mindset and the understanding of technology. So that's why I decided to become um, tech communication consultant so I'm like a translator between those two worlds of the geeks and of the normal people so I'm a translator for them that's what I do and I'm uh, also the CEO and founder of Aven 
that um, editorial media company because as we see right now video content is really king because we can't meet each other and it's so great to use video as marketing um, techniques so that's what we are also doing and we focus on b2b marketing thank you so so much for sharing and of course for your time for being here and like you've just said, you are a moderator, a host, etc. So you're doing lots and lots of things. And this is how we actually met, how I crossed your path, let's say it maybe that way, reached out to you over a year ago, why being in Cologne? I still remember it. Uh, so many, many things happened since then for everybody. And today, I think the topic new technology and uncertainty within new technology is bigger than ever. Because many people are forced now to work from home, to go for remote work, not only people, but also the businesses as well. So before we will dive into the topic, I would like to start maybe with the first question. What do we understand and what is new technology for all the people out there who are actually not nerds or geeks? <laughs> new technology is, in my opinion, like everything which crosses our path in, in, in our lives. So everything we use is kind of a new technology from my side. Um, it's especially, of course, AI, machine learning, deep learning, quantum computers and everything like that. So this is all stuff which is, uh, in my opinion, um, new tech, but it's also the small thing. I mean, if you have a look at your smartphone, this is so smart. This is su such a good example for new tech because there's AI in it. There's machine learning in it. If you want to optimize your camera, your selfie camera, you use the face recognition, which is AI. So this is all we use is AI. You use AI in your everyday life when you just Google something. So I want to make people aware of how often they already use technology and that it's not that bad. And uh, on the other hand, I want to focus the companies on the value of uh, technologies which they are providing because it's not just about inventing new technology. It's about creating value out of it so that's the main part of it and sometimes i've got a feeling that the tech companies let's say they forget sometimes what the technology is for it's for us as humans and it's not for the technology itself so i try to uh, put the focus on the value of technology i love the example because the same kind of came up in my mind after looking okay what are we doing what do people need when we talk about remote work and straight away remote leadership and remote mindset came up because exactly like you said it's not about that we can do it and that we have all the things in order to start to apply it however it's up to the people and it's up to us to start to implement it and i would love to hear from you when you say that we need to kind of convey this technology into our daily life how would you say can especially a business right now who is working with people and they are working remotely and they might have to actually set up a whole new workforce due to new circumstances or new products how can we start to see the opportunities rather than any kind of fear or threatening within this new technology just in doing and trying things. <laughs> it's all about trying. I mean, there was a, a picture in the internet a few weeks ago and I loved that one. It was uh, 
who is responsible for the digital transformation in your company? And there was uh, at first part, you could have, uh, you could choose the CEO, the CTO, and the last line was uh, COVID-19. And it's really like that. I mean, in Germany, especially in Germany, the digital transformation was not driven by CTOs or C, C, let's say CXOs. It was driven by the coronavirus because suddenly it was possible to do home office. The people were afraid of use cameras because to be honest, for me, it's part of my job to stand uh, in front of a camera. So it's not a big deal for me. And um, my team was always working uh, from home office. So it was no big deal for us. We just decided to do it. We didn't have to, to set up something. It was just a decision. We said, me and my business partner, we said, all right, let's do for the next three weeks home office. But it was no big deal because the setup was already there. And that's what you see um, in, in terms of COVID, which company was really uh, responsible for the digital transformation and all the situation for the people and they, they took it serious to say, yes, we, we have to do the digital transformation. You, you could uh, see that really brilliant in a brilliant way because the companies who took the digital transformation serious, they were able to do it. So that's a big part. You just have to do it. I'm a fan of helping people finding their way but sometimes i'm also a fan of the old traditional thing with our parents when they told us you just do it you just clean <laughs> up your room you do it and then you recognize it's not that bad or you or you, you try something which you don't want to eat yeah they, they always uh, said to me uh, sarah you just at least try once and that's what is really so important you have to try once <laughs> if it's really that bad and after that you can you can say it's not my thing and I'm, i have problems i have is issues and then some people can help you but if you won't try it you will never know so i think it's a good good situation with the coronavirus if there's anything good at it the, the digital transformation really developed that fast in the last few weeks so that's a good thing try focus on that what's important for your staff for your team members and then just try it out uh, it's a great example because I have been part of change and digital transformation projects since ever. I've been studying it. I've been part of one where I have been leading one. And I'm like, this is basically my jam. And like you've just said, COVID just showed us how fast people can change when they have to change. So what would you say is basically the easiest way to, after maybe trying it, because we know that people, human beings, we don't like change just by nature. So meaning there is lots of hesitation, especially when people start to fear that maybe AI or any kind of machines are going to take their jobs away. So this is basically another connection. And I think it was InfoPark last year in Berlin where I just saw another talk about it. And people were talking about it, that there is lots of fear, not only about using it, because this is one thing, but about looking at new technology in a sense of that companies might have to reduce or can reduce people and jobs will basically disappear sooner or later in certain areas. What would you say to those people today, especially businesses? I recommend every leader to be honest because it's not cool to say, no, nothing will happen. It's, it's everything fine. There will, every job will be there in the future. 
it, it isn't like that. I mean, you can have a look at the development right now. If you have a look at the history, um, we don't have those. I, I like it because it's something very old. Uh, in the past, when you wanted to 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 do a call, you had those girls at the at the telephone station, and they <laughs> they had to connect you with the other one. Those jobs aren't there anymore, and there are a lot of other examples for example um the video shop or something like that you just go to netflix and it's more comfortable to be honest our life is comfortable right now so it's really clear that some jobs will not be there in the future they won't made it so it's uh, clear to point out which jobs are there and i think it's always a job which is not that hard to do i mean like brain work i'm pretty sure Machines aren't there to uh, remove our own thinking. That won't happen. So it's more about doing the jobs we all don't want to do. I mean, how great would that be if we have the, the trashes and, and we just put it out there and there comes a robot and takes away all our trash and, and no human um, being has to do that. I mean, how great is that? And of course, there are some jobs which aren't there anymore, but they can do other things. There will be other things so there will be jobs which are removed but there are always new jobs which are going to be there because of this um, development so this is the first point and the second point is um, a lot of people forget that we are not um, driven by our brains by ratio we're driven by emotions that's totally clear when you have a look at the brain science, for example, they will tell you the same. Uh, I created a YouTube channel. It's called Tech Well Told. And I'm doing a lot of uh, videos about communication, how it works in our brain and what you have to keep in mind when you communicate. And the first and most important thing I tell the people is people aren't working like rational um, machines, for example, that's a big difference between us and the machines. We're really working with emotion. Everything is connected to an emotion. So a good example was that you said, we are afraid of change. Yes. But why do every leader use the word change? When they're communicating to their teams, they say, if they say, uh, we have to change, it's, it's actually better than they say, you have to change. A lot of times they say, you have to change. You have to do that one. And change is like, if someone is afraid of spiders and you, you name the word spider, he's so like, like frozen. <laughs> he can't do or she can't do anything. And that's the same with the word change. So there's a brain researcher. He's called Harald uh, Groth, I think. Yes. And he told us that 80% of the people are so afraid of change that they really are not just afraid, they are not able to do it. And 20% of the people, of the whole people, these are like um, artists and entrepreneurs, they are able and seeking for change. But the rest of the people, they can't do it because it's a, it's a really big work for our brain. If we want to do something differently, the brain has connected your sciences again. So it's really really tricky to do other things uh, if you have a look at the brain. So this is really important that people learn it's not just about ratio, it's much more about the fears. So take them serious, 
empathize with the people, say, I understand, you're afraid of it. And of course you're right. I mean, it's, it's new, it's new, it's totally new, but give me a chance, let me ch show you how this technology can make your life better. And to be honest, if a technology doesn't make our life better in terms of, I don't know, entertainment or mobility or whatever, I don't use it. I don't, I don't need it. I mean, why should I use a technology which isn't good for my life, which, make, which makes nothing better? So this is the first and, and, and most important part. If the technology doesn't improve anything and doesn't make anything better, just leave it. <laughs> don't use it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. I will actually just provide the link to your Tech Well Taught YouTube channel. I love it. And I watched some mm -hmm. of your videos yesterday. And to be it's honest, actually, like, uh, I have to say that um, right now, it's, it's actually a lot of things are in German, but there are some parts of it which are in uh, English, but most yeah. videos are in German. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very entertaining, by the way. So whoever is actually looking for a woman, <laughs> who uh, loves fast cars like myself as well by the way <laughs> uh, you are actually absolutely in a great place to check out this youtube channel so it's not only entertaining but it has of course lots of fire in it as well and i love what you've just mentioned about the change in itself that 80 percent of the people don't like change 20 percent are going to be able to adapt with change easier and it takes lots of mental energy And what happens when people are using the word change is basically that we go into a survival strategy mode. Your body has way less blood in the brain. So everybody is getting under stress. This is basically just pure stress for someone. And how it translates nowadays from fight, flight or freeze mode, it's basically aggressivity, anxiety or any kind of helplessness for people. So as a leader, to in order to be able to guide people through change, it is super important to start to see how people react to it in order to be able then to respond to it in a good way. And I know that you're also specializing in the communication strategies. Mm -hmm. And just a side note, almost 60 to 70% of change projects are failing. This is what Harvard Business Review showed and shared. It is a constant number since the 60s or 70s. I believe 70s. So it's basically happening forever. And like I said, I was studying it. I was part of it. And to be honest, communication is the most crucial, but also the most difficult part. What would you say, can, how can people approach communication in a way that someone is able to take it, to get it and to understand it and be able to contribute to the path of any kind of change, what will be necessary because this is how our global economy is kind of functioning right now. The first and maybe most important advice is take communication serious. It's a serious part of what you do because it's that one tool which can convey all the content you want to convey. And a lot of people say, yes, I can talk. I mean, I'm a human being. Of course I can talk. And I say, yes, you can talk, but you can't communicate. There's a big difference between communicating and just talking. I mean, everyone else can talk, but it's not communication. And what I mentioned before is really that the people forget a lot of times that emotions are the most important thing. So try to, I always say, don't try to focus on a target Try to focus on a 
target emotion because when the people are not let's say excited about something or they really really want to do something let's uh, get back to the to the part where 80 percent of the people are resistant uh, for change they just change anything and this is also science uh, if they expect that the result uh, is twice times better than the situation right now twice times so you have really to Uh, con convince the people that it's better um, what they can reach after what they changed their um, their behavior. So there's, this is really a big thing to know. Try to concentrate on not targets. Try to concentrate on target emotions because if you don't, yeah, if you don't bring anything in motion in the inside of the people, they won't do anything. And if after the communication. Everything's the same like before. You can just leave it. So it's not necessary. If there's nothing different after the communication, you just can't leave it and drink some coffee or something like that. So that's the first part. And secondly, I think it's um, really important to concentrate on the value. The big problem is that leaders and all those geek guys who are inventing the technology they often think in facts and figures and they think they have to tell the people a lot of facts and figures so they can decide that this new technology or this new way to go is really the best thing they can do but facts and figures are like nothing in our brains because when i tell you 12 What do you have in mind when I say 12? It's like nothing. When I say, <laughs> yes. yeah, when I say coffee, there's something in your brain which really starts to fire and you think, oh, good coffee. You have the smell and the taste in your mouth and uh, in, your, in your nose. And you think, oh, a coffee. I want to have this coffee. There's something like a desire in you. But when I say 12, you say, all right, 12, what, what is that? What do I have to What do I have in common with 12? Nothing. So this is a really bad thing in communication, which always happens that the people try to talk in facts and figures and think that the people are convinced by them and they can decide as a rational human being, that's a good idea. What's really more important, let's, let's, give, um, let's give us an example. If you say, uh, I've got a, come, a new technology and it works with uh, a new cloud system and what you have to do is you have to connect your computer, blah, blah, blah. You think, what the hell? Why on earth should I do that? And the part with the why thing is often forgotten in the, in the communication. If you tell the people, um, for example, Dear Get You Right, you're always working the whole day and you couldn't finish your work because there's so much Excel you have to do and what else. What, what if I have a new invention which helps you to finish your work earlier, to get to your family earlier, and you don't have to, and you don't have to do a lot of things in a different way. You just have to do one thing. Would that be interesting for you? And now you're listening. Because you say, all right, the people um, who are talking like that, they understand me. That's a big part, understanding the people. It's like a mirror. I, I can check, is that important for me? Should I listen? <laughs> Honestly, all the day's information. And you have to decide to who you're listening. So that's the first part. If you, if you like something like a mirror and you say, all right, I understand you. 
or I try to understand you. The people are listening very easy because they say, yeah, that's right. He, he or she got the point. I'm working so hard and I couldn't finish my work. And if there's something I could do to make the work faster and to make, uh, to, to spend more time with my family, then I will listen. That's the first decision we ever make. Do I have to listen or is it just like blah, 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 12, 24, diagram i don't know <laughs> so this is the first thing try to be a mirror for your listener for your for your audience and then try to concentrate and point out the value of your technology of or, or of your new, new way of working whatever you want to do is new you have to point out what the great value is or in what situation this new thing can help the people I love it. So the target emotion and also the value so people know and understand why it's actually good for them. And I would like to just add on and ask you about the reward because I remember you sharing and talking about the reward. So I believe this is a little bit connected with our reward system within ourselves that our brain is kind of looking always into providing any kind of benefit. And how would you think that um, based on the target emotion and also the value within the new technology that should be communicated and made, I think, relatable to everybody who is actually made to use it, right? I, I still remember, to, because we were talking about examples, uh, this is now, I guess, over 15 years ago when the new big phones came out for old people, for all of me, mm -hmm. in order to allow them to first of all, use a phone because, the, you know, all the buttons, etc. the normal phone, like the Nokias, back then, the small Nokias, <laughs> they were just too small. And when you look about the future and the new technology, what do you think, where will we have to focus on within communication the most in order to provide the reward to the workforce, to people, so they are actually able to start to move as well? I think it, that's a difficult question because there's <laughs> not one answer, to be honest. The, mm -hmm. the thing which goes wrong often is that when you have a look at the commercials, for example, they try to reach everyone with one communication. And that's not working because a lot of people have different issues. And when you really try to, it's a lot of work. I, I, I hear you <laughs> when the people say you can't communicate to every single target group. And I say, yes, you have to do it because otherwise they won't listen. Because for example, uh, the HR department, there's something um, different, uh, which is important than for the IT department, for example. So just try to imagine how the people feel. How are the feelings? Um, what's on which state do they have the knowledge or something like that? You really have to check points to um, make sure that this communication really points out the, to the people. So there's not one communication. It's about um, trying to focus on different issues. Imagine how the people feel. Imagine what they could help them and then try to really, it, it's a lot of work. Communication is work. And then try to make um, a real um, strategy for every single issue. It's not about the persona. A lot of people talk about persona. I don't know what that should be. I mean, there's Susanne and there is Barbara and, and it says nothing about their issues and it says nothing about their feelings and just say she's 40 years old and she's interested in, in, in uh, cooking and she's 30 years old and interested in skiing. 
And what can I do with that information? Nothing. So it's better to say what different problems are there outside. And that's also a funny thing um, because a lot of um, companies are saying we're doing user centricity. It's a great word, but I'm not using it. I, now I said it. And they said we say um, customer centricity. Yes. But it's a big difference to say it's customer centricity. I don't think that's so smart. I think a user centricity is much um, better because the users are the, the one who have to deal with it. If you decide, mm -hmm. for example, to use a new technology, the users really have to use it and not the customer because the customer could be the CTO. He will never lose, uh, he will never um, use the technology. So try to find out who's really the user which use cases do the people have, which sorrows do they have, which issues do they have, and really try to point out every single um, aspect of their issues and then do really communicate straightforward to these uh, issues. So that's one thing. I, it's not that one answer. I know it would be great to have it, but the, the honest answer is that you really have to make really small pieces of communication strategies to reach out to the people. A good example is, for, um, for example, the YouTubers. Why are they so successful? Because they concentrate and focus on one topic. Uh, if you have a look at Bibi's Beauty Palace, you will never find anything of technology, for example. She always do the makeup stuff and things like that. And if you go to Lefloyd, the other big one in, in Germany, you know that mm -hmm. he's talking about politics. And what companies often do is that they mix all the things they have. A lot of big companies have different topics, but they all put it into one mm -hmm. channel. You have this, this brand channel about, let's say, Mercedes or let's say it's uh, IBM or what else. They're all doing the same thing. They have one channel and they put in everything and try to reach everyone with it. It's much smarter to say, all right, I'm Mercedes, for example, or Volkswagen or whatever. Um, I have a channel uh, which is focused on e-mobility. And the next channel I have is let's talk about connected cars and new technology in cars. And the next channel is, for example, a, a travel channel. I don't know, but you see what I do. I try to really slice into pieces my communication because a lot of people, a lot of companies have great things to offer, but it's not. It, it makes no sense to put it into one box and try and, and tell the people, uh, yeah, just have a look at yourself. Maybe there's something in it for you. So try to slice it into pieces and then try really to straightforward focus and contact people by naming their issues and problems. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so, so much. So much content, so much knowledge and so much wisdom, especially when it comes to new technology. And at the end, I would love to uh, invite you to say and share where can people find you the best? Where can they connect with you, reach out to you um, and basically interact with you online? At the moment, we can all talk with each other only online, of course. But apart from that, where is basically the place where you like to connect with people? The main platform I use because I like it. It's, it's kind of Facebook, but it's more relevant in my opinion. Um, it's LinkedIn. 
I love it because LinkedIn is focused on content. That's why I always spread my content on LinkedIn. Um, so if there anyone out there want to connect with me, it's perfect to connect with me on LinkedIn. And of course, they can write me an email. Uh, I think you can put it into show notes or something like that. Um, I will. But of course, I'm also an Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm a media guy, so I have to be everywhere. I don't use TikTok. I really have to do it. I thought in this part time, yes, uh, time do. I, I should figure it out. What's, <laughs> what's the thing with this TikTok? Um, I, I've not uh, done it uh, yet, so maybe I will do it in the future. But you can reach out uh, firstly on uh, LinkedIn, secondly uh, via email, or thirdly um, on Instagram. It's always Sarah Elsa, so you will find me there. And um, I really love to connect with you and um, I think it's great to stay in contact and, and do some communications like we do because it's always for myself kind of a recalibration of everything because you're so in your everyday's work, you, you always forget what the people out there are asking their questions. And I think if you ask questions, the best way of learning. So if you want to go out and communicate and do your content strategy, Just try to focus on questions out there because we always say uh, at my company, don't give any answers to questions which are never asked. Mm. It makes no sense. That's the same thing. It makes no sense. If there's not a question out there, you don't have to give any answer. So that's maybe the last advice I could give. And of course, I'm so interested in questions because of that, um, because I want to learn also and i want to uh, develop and that's what i can do i will learn with questions uh, asked to myself so mm -hmm. feel free and ask <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for sharing and before we will close this interview with each other what would you say was your biggest win within your entrepreneurial journey so far there were at least two things <laughs> if i'm allowed to do it yes <laughs> go ahead because they are um, depending on each other the, the, the first mm -hmm. thing is failing can be the biggest win ever because it sometimes brings you to places which you would never have imagined you go there before so sometimes the door closes And you can't go through this door. And this is the only reason why you go through another door. And that's what happened to, to myself. I mean, um, I started as a freelancer in 2015. And I was uh, doing a reporter job for uh, several TV stations. So that's how I started. And then it failed. It failed really bad. <laughs> because I couldn't imagine that you um, earned that less money when you're working as a journalist, it's, it's sad, but it is like it is, uh, you don't earn that much money. So you're always working the whole month. And at the end of the month, you, you don't have that much money. So I decided to, to go another way. Um, it was all out of pressure. It was not a free decision. So I really failed because I, I focused on that career as a, as a TV reporter. And then I failed because I had to, to be honest and to recognize that it's not working like that. And then I found uh, my business partner in 2016, Hagen, and he offered me a completely new world. He opened up a new world and the, the world is entrepreneur, the world of an entrepreneurship. And it's so great to be in there because as an entrepreneur, I learned that failing is a great way to develop and to invent new things. Let's say uh, the 
corona crisis that brought us to that point that we said maybe we should recalibrate our um, offers our solutions because it's not that good uh, in the situation right now and within seven two hours we set up a total new offer and we also made a video there and everything like that it was b2b special we called it and it was so much fun to say all right we don't have every uh, opportunity right now so which opportunities the opportunities are left and what can we create out of it so this is the first part and the second part the most important part i learned um i think you can understand it the first steps you make as a freelancer uh, or an entrepreneur is you're always looking for opportunities is there anyone out there who can help me and this is a good thing but on the other hand you forget that you can focus on your own and say what can i offer the world it's not always about other ones what can they uh, offer to me so but what can i offer the world and the first time i really was so let's say blinded by all the opportunities which were out there and not everyone is honest and fair um that's what i also had to learn sometimes they really want to use you and nothing else so really try to focus on that people who are creating something with you and not just creating something on their own and you can help them so that's the first uh, thing i have learned in the last year um in the last years that i really have to connect with the right people and focus on my business because when you're always helping everyone else you won't help yourself so try to be brave go out go your own way decide which way you want to go focus on that way it's, it, it makes also no sense to give your brand rebirth every single month no one will ever know what you stand for so go one way try to focus it try to sharpen your profile and go that way focus and fail these two things they depend each other so that's what why i always say can i say can i mention two things because they depend <laughs> on each other but failing and focus is my are uh, my biggest learnings thank you so much for sharing and i highly resonate with it it's super honest and super vulnerable uh, so again thank you for that as well and i can just confirm the same way here and by the way i didn't even see the failing as a failing because i always was focusing about the learning and then other opportunities but someone pointed out to me that oh this is actually great how fast you fail and get up again i was like did i fail like you know what i mean this was just not even in my reality because I, you I mentioned it I, i haven't recognized it thanks, thanks yeah, for mentioning exactly and i was like did i fail really did i And it was kind of like, like you said, when you are trying something and you're out, when you are entrepreneur, you, you have probably most of the things that you have to fail and you have to focus and come to those two things back over and over again. And at some point you might meet someone that you trust and you shouldn't have been trusting, etc. So they are also kind of uh, interpersonal learnings within this journey, of course, as well, like in life. So it's basically nothing else as soon as you open the doors to someone. So trusting yourself and trusting ourselves uh, in any kind of step is basically the best thing to do. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. And I can't wait to see more, to hear more, and to actually meet you face-to-face, -face, hopefully soon. <laughs> yes, I'm drinking a coffee in a cafe. That's what we do. When, it, when it's possible, anytime, we will do that one. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much.
Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was insightful, informative or inspiring. I would love to hear your number one takeaway. Come on over to winx.today and share it in the comments below. You can also provide any kind of question around remote work solutions, business and leadership growth, as well as holistic HR topics. I look forward to providing an aid to your queue. Stay tuned, winner, and don't forget we can win X today. <laughs>